my name is Tyler Shizum, and welcome to They Just Get It, a show about, well, people who just get it. I've got a special guest with me today, but before we get in, before I introduce him, I'm going to paint a bit of a picture just so we have the impact a little bit of this, who I'm sitting with today. It's a Sunday afternoon, you're driving out to maybe Bragg Creek, and you meet a, you meet a pack of motorcycle riders. Maybe there's 5, 10, 15, 20, sometimes on a, on a sunny day, there can, there can be a good crew. I'm going to be bold to say that probably, maybe on average, I'm speculating a bit here, that good, easily 50% of the people in that group have probably been trained and educated and supported and brought into the sport by the man I have with me today, the founder, owner of Two Cool Motorcycle School, Trevor Deck. Well, good day. Hello, Trevor. How are you? How are you? Th- thanks for coming in. I really, I'm really excited uh, to chat with you today. Uh, thanks, for, uh, thanks for thinking of me with this. It's, uh, it's, it's pretty humbling. You know, it's, uh, it's a wonderful sport to be in and... and to know that there's a lot of people out there that have been, you know, brought in the sport the proper way and you get to meet them and ride safely. It's, 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 uh, I don't even have the words for it some days. And that's, I think when I thought about, you know, people to have on the show and people that I really wanted to talk to that I, that I really feel embody the concept of, of, they just get it. And when you look at the outside, you maybe you don't realize it. There's so many people's lives who you've touched. And I know tons of friends personally, like almost all my friends that ride, Actually, I can't think of one in Calgary right now that I ride with that actually didn't go through your school, oh, wow. including my cool. wife, who, yeah, that's right. who had yeah. an amazing experience, yeah. and she that's said awesome. she cried the first day. And yeah. it was the we, hardest. we usually do. <laughs> yeah. That's why there's tissues. It, you know, she did say that it was, it was the hardest thing she'd ever learned as an adult, that it was just so foreign and such, but yet the, the curiosity or the, or the excitement she had about learning the sport was there, and you guys helped carry it through, which is a, is a huge testament um, I'm sure you walk me through a little bit, like what, what's a typical, and we'll get into the history a little bit, but you, you deal with all walks of life, like everybody and anybody. That's the coolest thing from everybody from, doesn't matter the ages, the backgrounds, uh, it's just a common meeting ground, these, uh, these two wheels. And, um, you know, I say in classroom, you know, as a human, you've already done the hardest thing is learn how to walk. Uh, this is the second hardest thing because uh, now you have two contact patches front and back rather than side to side. And it really is an emotional roller coaster. It's it's physically demanding sometimes, uh, mentally challenging, and for us as as coaches and mentors and friends and part of the community and our family, it's about building confidence. And it's it's like whatever you want to do in life, you know, you you might start at your job and you you're getting used to okay, what's the bathroom codes and uh, where is everything and everything's foreign and stuff. And all of a sudden, you're there for a little while. You're a little bit more at ease, just like Rob out there with his birthday. Everybody's like, "Hey, you know, it's it, it's it, it just becomes a, a part of you." And I think riding, it starts off that way, very individual, and it remains like that, consistent. But it becomes very group oriented and stuff like that too. And I think from the outside, and you, we were talking about it before we kind of got 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 the recording button hit here of like it's such an individual, the, the most individualist group activity mm-hmm. and the culture and I've ridden all over North America and especially on the West coast and being out and the farther you get away from home and the impact your license plate has and the, the line, the pickup line you get every time where you walk, even if it's motorcycles or non-motorcyclists, Ooh, you're a long way from home and they come over and they talk to you. Um, I've driven those same places in my car and no one comes and talks to me. It, it's true. I'm just a guy at the gas station, but if you're a guy and, and you know, guy, gal, a group of people at a gas station on motorcycles and you're a little bit far from home, everybody's curious. Everybody wants to know like what's going on, where are you from? Um, did you ride all this way as opposed to, I don't know how else you would get there, but it's, it's a really interesting sense of community that I've never, I haven't experienced with anything else than motorcycling. Well, that's, that's really cool to hear because, uh, I got, I got to admit, Tyler, you know, myself, since I've been teaching since 1991, I haven't really been too many places on a motorcycle. 
Um, you know, I've, I've spent a lot of time on the racetrack when Race City was here and, uh, you know, competed professionally and stuff like that. And some of the instructors that I have, like one of my, Renee Desmond, he's our senior instructor. He's, he's amassed hundreds of thousands of kilometers. He's gone from the Atlantic, the Pacific, Baja. He's got gone all over the place and hearing his stories uh, of where he's gone and, and exactly what you said about, it's just, um, it's it's almost like a place of gathering as a motorcycle. Maybe if you have a 458 to die, a Ferrari or something like that in a parking lot and somebody else pulls up with a hyper or a supercar, they'll come and talk to you and stuff. But totally. bikes, it doesn't matter. It's it's two wheels and a motor. And, and just knowing that that type of um, uh, just just friendship is out there, it's it's a really cool thing that it, it started somewhere. So I'm looking forward for myself in, in the coming years to, to go maybe a little further away from, from home to experience just what I hear so many people do. So with social media now, it, it's really cool because we get to experience vicariously what our students feel all That's the awesome. time, like going down and like you, you were telling me the stories over in Italy and I've had people gone, you know, into to Thailand and Australia. And we have two cool stickers that we hand out now and people are putting them from to the walk of Spain to, you know, in Hawaii, down in California and Baja all. And, you know, it's just, outstanding and i see these pictures i'm like well now i got to go clean them up when i'm 69 because i don't want to you know vandalize anything but it gives me I, something i appreciate it because I, I i'm thinking the other way i'm like i'm gonna get me something i don't have any of those stickers which i'm gonna get because there's those there's one road sign i think where it was down in montana somewhere and literally it's like the next 99 miles is twist is twisties, twisties. and which every motorcycle looks for nobody wants to get a motorcycle to ride in a straight line let's be honest it's, it's about anybody so it's a sketch yep i can say that because i'm from regina that's okay yeah, yeah when yeah. you're once you're local you can say it anyone <laughs> exactly. else uh, it's fighting words. But uh, yeah, on the bottom of the sign, of course, there's motorcycle stickers all over. And I don't know if there, I'm sure there's a too cool. I didn't see it. But next time I drive by that sign, there, there's there's going to be. There's a few out there. My uh, wonderful wife, she's the, the mom of the operation. We say mom, awesome. motorcycle operations manager. And she came up with these little... Um, uh, they look like like pin drop sticks that you see on Google Maps and stuff, and we put our logo on there, and we give them to students now with with the two cool sticker as well. And it has a little too cool on it, and it's meant for what we call our twenty three seconds. This started uh, a few years back when we did an off road. Uh, uh, a course that we started and I was out there with uh, a guy named um, Tom Guy Eldridge and I was out with Guy that day and we just stopped and not normally do I hear nothing you know unless you got a nice set of Bose headphones and everything's quiet other than that up at McMahon it's constant noise all the time right. and I'm out there and I stop and I don't hear anything I said Guy let's let's don't do anything for like 23 seconds let's just appreciate how we got here and where we are and uh, I've asked now on our, on our class rides we have a stop uh, usually overlooking Silver Springs, if, if time permits and stuff. And we all take 23 seconds and, and don't do anything except enjoy, you know, the sights of the river. And people are like, you know, I've lived in Calgary all my life and I've never seen this 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 picture, this backdrop. And we say, okay, you know, when you go out there and you're riding, however you got there on two wheels, take a picture. Maybe put up a little sticker, send it to us because we like to experience that. And it's something that, a tradition now that we've started. And this year I've kind of reworked some of the road ride plans and some of the curriculum to make sure that every class gets that that 23 seconds to just appreciate what it's all about. And uh, what's really cool is at the end of the road ride, you might remember we asked for the highlights. What's what's a highlight from you on from the road ride to course? And I thought, you know, Middle-aged people on 30, 40, 50, they'd be like, yeah, that 23 seconds. Most lazy, oh, going fast. I'm like, that's funny. But it, <laughs> it's, it's the 18 to 19, 20-year-olds, the younger kids getting into the sport, even 16 going, you know, their favorite part was that 23-second stop. And I'm like, you know what? They get it. 
And that's exactly what we're here today. They, they get it. They get the idea of what riding is all about. To appreciate that sense. Like when you first got your Class 5 license, do you remember that day that your parents gave you that car for the first oh, time? Yes, I do. <laughs> for me, it was no good because I actually failed my test the first time. I kind of lied to my dad, said I passed. He was so proud of me, gave me that car to go to school the next day. I skipped my first period of class and went down to bonus more fields, retook my test, <laughs> passed it. And I only, I don't think I even do as good a test, but I never even told him about that. And well, because, the words out of the bag, it's out of the, the cat's out of the bag now. Yeah, it is. And that's um, awesome. I, I just remember that feeling that I didn't have to, you know, go on the bus or ask for rides. I had my own, like, I didn't have my own car at that time. But freedom, but it's just freedom. Freedom. And this whole thing of riding, I remember I wanted to get my classics license so bad. And my, set, my dad said, you know what? You got the skill for it, but I don't trust your judgment. I'm like, Okay, double-edged sword there. I think good and bad, but you know what? I made in hindsight, he probably in wasn't right. He probably was on the right track. He was on because yeah, I had, two had, had your in best interest in yeah. for sure. But when it came time to go down and get our license, it was unbelievable. Bought me a little bike, and and I went to high school on this little bike, this little XL one hundred, and I just loved it. So you've been riding since the beginning of time, literally. Well, so for, for, beginning of time for you. Yeah, I was born in 1967. Uh, you know, you add that up, that means 23. And there's, there's a related thing to this 23 seconds. Okay, I, yeah, I wasn't going to let that slide. I was yeah. curious. It's, I, I love something as specific as that. It's true. So 1967, it's 23. My wife pointed that out, by the way. Not, yeah. Um, I started teaching when I was 23. That was 1991. Uh, and I've been teaching at McMahon Stadium. And the center point at McMahon Stadium is 23rd Ave. And I never knew that for a long time. I'm like, hold on, that's 23rd out. That's kind of crazy. My pro number is uh, 69. And, you know, Valentino Rossi, greatest rider of all time, 46, of Yes, course. yes. I got to yep. bring that up there. Absolutely. It's, it, it's funny. And that's how we tied into 23 seconds. And that's thought, fantastic. How, how can I spun it back? And it's, it's, um, it's been an amazing ride, that's for sure. So, so you said you were 23 years old, you started teaching. Yeah, 1991. How, how does a guy find his way back, like... It's a different time. It's a different era. There's like, t- tell me a little bit about that. Gosh, how all that came about. You know, I used to work in the music industry, and um, and then I, I got kind of let go on a mistake that I made, and you know, and um, I ended up working in um, like film and stuff like that, okay. just humping film cams around with Victoria Film Service with a friend of mine, and um, I said, you know, I, I wish I could do something else, and you know this. Um, my girlfriend at the time wanted to take a motorcycle course. I said, fine. Well, you know, I heard about this place called a driving school there on Parkland, which is Memorial where it looks ice cream is. And I said, well, you know, we'll, we'll go down. So we, we showed up McMahon stadium. That's where they used to teach their course. And this guy was sitting under the, used to buy, I threw a set of keys to this little twin star. Say, yeah, go ride around for a bit. I'll be right over. I'm like, dude, she doesn't even drive a car. Like, <laughs> like I think you're going to have to spend some time. So I spent about an hour before he came over and I'm like, you know, if this guy can think he can do it, I, this would be kind of fun to do. So I approached the owners of a driving school, and they said, yeah, for $1,500, you can do this. I'm like, $1,500? I don't make that much money. Uh, so I ended up, they worked me out a deal where I could work off the money that I owed. And when okay. I was done, I could challenge my task. So I got my bus license, and I started shuttling kids in from school to their program and washing cars and doing whatever I had to to work off the money. And within about three months, I had enough money uh, built up in my bank account. Yeah, as per yeah, se. yeah. In your, in your credits. Yeah. yeah and, and I was able to challenge. And, and that's kind of where it started. But I had no idea what I was really doing. I just loved riding, but um, I didn't know how 
to teach it and okay. eventually learned more and more about coaching and then you know we did that for a little while and I I got back into racing I was doing a little bit of racing in, in 86 but it was more of a pylon out there but <laughs> I think I got more uh, film time than anybody because I got passed so often I was always you were, you were in the highlights you were in the highlights were showing I'm like yeah you know, Pink Flamingo restaurant go check out the steak sandwiches <laughs> that's all awesome. that kind of stuff <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> and uh, then I got back into racing I it was funny because I'm riding on the highway and I felt like 100, 110K was, was going by pretty quickly, visually processed. I'm like, I got to get back out to the track. So I showed up at the track. My friends were out there and the guy just gave me one of his Yamahas just to take out for a little novice race. And I kind of did okay. And I'm like, you know what, maybe I'll kind of pursue this. And uh, got into it in 2003, kind of part-time-ish because at that time we were just starting too cool because I was with you know a driving school till about 2003 and then they wanted to break off and do something with like 40 people out there and I'm like you know that's too many people's name to remember I can't do that and I want it to be a smaller class more intimate yeah that that's what I want I said you know what you do that you know and we kind of cross paths like that and they they I don't know they just didn't want to do it the way I really wanted to and a friend of mine Mike Kaufman with his friend Lance he was the kind of financial bank, kind of started too cool. And uh, Mike's dad was one of the kind of, he was on the chairman of the board or something to the McMahon Stadium Society. So that's how we got uh, into that's that. The con- I was curious, there's yeah. a the, the connection. And, and McMahon Stadium Society is an amazing group of people. Um, they help us so much and they just, they seem to love us out there. And I just, it's, it's like I said, majority of my life has been in that lot. Even uh, some ashes. I've driven from my by dad so there. many times. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Sorry, say, touch yeah, on that. My, my dad passed away in 2013. He would always okay. come up and sit and watch and oh, give that's me a little. Awesome. Uh, so I, I thought it'd be fitting. I just put a little bit of ashes in this. And well, I always have it underneath my motorcycles. Uh, I have a little can, a little rose tea can that he always loved rose tea. So I put a little bit of him in there, and I, I ride with him under the seat with me. And somewhere where he he asked me to spread his ashes a little bit at the lot where he always used to sit and and just watch, just take part, just little, be yeah. there. That's awesome. Show the the connection, me. yeah. But the sense of family and the sense of community that kind of permeates in everything you're talking about it's huge. And I think yeah. that's what people when I talk to people about learning from you, they they don't talk about what they learned. They talked about the environment that they learned it in. And I think that's a real differentiator because anyone can teach you bullet points on a list, yeah. But the caring and the, you know, all of your instructors, like the, the word on the street is it's, you know, it's a great bunch of people and everyone comes away feeling like they want it, that they're already part of it. And I think that's hugely powerful when you, because getting into a new sport, especially when it's very, it's intimidating. It, it is. And it, there, there's a lot of dangers associated with that. The risks and, are real. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't hide the risks. We just say, you know, we, we're trying to give you an area like McMahon that, as far as I'm concerned, is probably one of the safer places to kind of learn that. Yeah, right. there's some obstacles. Well, life has obstacles and stuff like that. It's it's up to us as, you know, um, instructors and coaches to, to design our course as safe as we can. There's always going to be some probabilities, but they've lessened along the years of things that we've learned along the way because we're students ourselves. We're always taking courses, and that's why I wanted to go back to the racetrack. And then uh, I was able to do pretty good uh, one year after, you know, because when we started, I said, well, I can't take off every weekend. Uh, I'll just take <laughs> off, you know, certain days because it's R- important racing's to be a, Yeah, there. racing is not for the weak of heart or the, yeah, or the weak of wallet. It costs, yeah, it costs <laughs> a lot of money. And, uh, you know, a year after, I won the, the heavyweight and superbike championship here in Alberta as an amateur. And then I did a year of pro riding and uh, in 2005 and finished fifth overall at about 70 plus people. And awesome. Across, across Canada or Western No, Canada? Just, just, just in Ca- Calgary. I, I couldn't really go too far because I'm still grounded to the school. Absolutely. And I'm, no I'm greedy that way because I don't want to be away from the classes because... 
I want everybody to have this great experience. And not saying my instructors can't do what I can, but I want to be out there. I well, want, it's, I want it's to the be, passion you have. And yeah. I know you're very heavily involved. You're not sitting in a back room, yeah, you know, doing the administration or making it happen. You're out there teaching people. I have to. I just, it, it, it's just something I want. I want to be able to cross their paths in years to come and recognize their face. I might forget their name, but, you know, I, I see their eyes through the helmet, you know, sometimes scared, sometimes crying. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I remember you crying to me. No, I'm just kidding. Whoa, whoa, but, hey, yeah. well, we're not going to talk about everything. Say that. <laughs> but that's why I got back into racing again. Then I started teaching track. But really, it all changed in 2007 where I went down and took my first motorcycle lesson as for myself uh, with Freddie Spencer at his pro okay. school in yep. Vegas. And I met a guy named Nick Einach, uh, um And he's the, well, he's essentially the chief instructor with the Amwa Champion School, which um, they permitted me now to start training to be a, a 3C a certified instructor with the Amwa Champ School. So I'm just in the process of going through that. I'm going to go back March 11th and do my second step and then go back again. And and hopefully I, I can uh, satisfy their you know, their components and go and help out at that level. Cause I just love being at the track. I love being at the lot, anything to do with riding and, and coaching and seeing people progress in such a short period of time. Like I'm always amazed how well people learn because this sport, whether you're at the track or at our lot, it's like drinking out of a fire hose all the time. And, all the time. You know, and you don't know, you can't really turn back the water because you don't know what some people are going to take in, some people right. will and, and won't. So you just, just feed it to them. But it's amazing how much it sticks in. It's up to us by the use of maybe some poor humor at times. And I apologize for that if you do come out to the lot. Um, but it's <laughs> well, that it's good, poor humor good you put the sticks. warning out there. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, but it, it allows you to remember some. It's like any great con- comedian will come back to the joke. And if you can remember one or two little things that stick in your head, that ride with you, that possibly keeps you safe, like no one's going to retain everything. But if you can leave with, hey, my eyes are really important and some things we need to practice correctly, then I think we um, we did our job, that's for sure. And then people got to search for more training. You well, know? It's, it's constant. I think it's a real, to me, I take, I take my hat off and kudos, you know, as someone who's always a lifelong learner and always wants to challenge myself, it's so easy, you know, for someone who's been doing something for as long as you have to get, you know, I'm going I'm to, you know, mastery, you know, false sense of mastery can lead to complacency. Absolutely. And when you're out there, you know, testing yourself and putting, being put in learning environments where you're learning new tricks, Humble. I think it also creates huge empathy for people that you teach. It's like, oh, you know, just learn this new thing and it's easy. But when you're always upping the bar, I, I don't know, I think it really creates a lot of empathy and a lot of understanding and, and probably creates some new ways in which you guys communicate. I think that's uh, one of the biggest words you brought up there is empathy because I've ridden with a lot of people and, and some are really good at riding, but uh, they don't get the idea why aren't these people getting it. What and there's so many different types of learners, and that's why I really like that the team teaching mode because I don't want all the instructors to teach like I do. I don't. I, I want consistent verbiage. So when I'm talking about a technique, that's shared there as well. But I don't want Renee to ta- teach like I do. I don't want Brent or uh, Danon or any of our instructors to teach like myself because they have their own little way of doing it. Uh, Brent, one of our new guys, he's a hockey coach. And you can tell, you know, he's learning to be an instructor, but he's a strong coach. And that's, that's it's, a great It's thing. good to amplify because, you know, instructor in a certain discipline, that's you have to know what goes there. But people are just 
like that have that natural coaching and nurturing kind of side to their personalities, then it's just the technical skills to go in. You're right. And it is a gift. Like a good coach can change your, your experience of any sport, any activity in life. It's a, it's amazing. I've had some fantastic because coach and mentor, it's a, it's a fine line because it is a good coach is a mentor. And you know, I think it's so important and something like motorcycling, you said everyone's if you're not in a constant mindset of, I need to be always better at this, because, well, I don't know, that's part of what makes it addicting for me is well, you can yeah. always be better at it. But if you don't know what better is or what it looks like because you've had no one to show you, it can be really challenging and, fr- and, that, and discouraging. And, and the further along <clears throat> you get, um, there's a, a narrower scope of, of really good riders that you want to hang around and be a part of. And that's, I think, my attraction to the, the champ school is because their philosophy, their, their whole, their, their passionate they're humble. They know they're learning as well, but they're confident in what they've learned up to that point and how they got there. They always recognize where these techniques came from, and they always they're always so happy to say, "Look, I didn't come up with this. You know, I learned from here and here and brought it to this." And that's, I think, a culmination of everything that I've learned in the past from the people that I've, you know, from Keith Code to Freddie Spencer, especially Nick Einotch. Paris. I can the list can go on for over and over of, of all the people, Rich Oliver, you know, Colin Edwards, all the people that I've surrounded myself with in my training. It's just made me what I am today. And I look forward to the next challenge because every time I go out, I really try to be the best student I can. And in 2007, when I start, I struggled and I still struggle quite a bit. I think I learned a lot about how I need to learn from my second youngest kid. Because, you know, he's got ADHD or whatever you want. I'd like to say ADOB. It's like attention deficit. Oh, butterfly. (laughs) And and I think I suffer from the same. And I watched him sit down. And this was right in preschool. And they made him sit down and kind of hold his hands together. And I'm like, you know what? So when I go take training, and if you ever come along, even at the lot, if someone's talking, I might might go down to the knees and I'll just put my hands and I'm just going to listen. And when, when when I'm being coached, I, I really tried to, to stay in that moment. And what I did at the champ school, same thing. Um, sitting down, just listening. And when it's time, I'm ready to go. I want to be at the track first. I want to be out on the track first off. And because I want, I want to really maximize my learning, you know, time. Because, you know, Keith Coden remembers saying a long time, you know, training is like toilet paper. When you sit down in the washroom, you got a big toilet roll, no big deal. But you look across, you only got 14 sheets. You're like, whoa. There's nobody else in there than you, then you know. <laughs> I've, I've done, I've, I've been, I've, I spent the day with Keith once. He did not bust that line out. I'm sorry he didn't because that would have been great. But learning so you from get Keith. get the two day course. Yeah, yeah, yes. I yeah, was, yeah com- completely. Yeah, learn, learning from Keith was one of the highlights, certainly oh, for my kind of that, that next a level. Great and, person to talk with. And the first time, I remember the first time I went on track. And like the nerves and the like what's going through your mind and, you know, and I've been riding in the street for a while. And, but again, I think it's a good to understand a lot of people look at track riding. Oh, it's risky. It made me such a better street rider. It was phenomenal. Like situations that have occurred that on the track are amplified because of speed and because of the intensity. It happens on the road. I was able to react and I've got myself out of some situations that, that came my way. And I really give a lot of credit for that extra training. Like a hundred percent. That was drinking from my heart. My first two days with Keith Code was drinking. I loved every drop, but man, I was drinking from a fire hose. Oh, absolutely. And what a lot of people don't realize is how safe of an environment uh, 
a racetrack is. Totally. Because of the lack of distractions and, and people, other people making mistakes around you, like cars and different traffic, people running up Deer, the front. potholes, yeah, gravel. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it's such a controlled <clears throat> environment, something that we, we miss having here in Calgary with Ray City. And hopefully in the next couple of years, we'll have some. Fing, fingers crossed. Yeah, that, fingers, that's all we fingers can crossed. Because everybody asked me, well, when are we going to do our next advanced courses? So we don't have a safe venue to safe do this. So you really have to think like when you, when you and, and people leave our course and we say, hey, you know, this is where you can go next, you know, whether it be Keith Code or Yamaha Champs. They're not racing schools. There are racing schools out there. Agreed. That's a bit of a misnomer. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's riding schools. And you got to remember, we're learn, learning how to ride. So these machines are so, the advancement in technology has come a long way. And they're, they're built by professional riders that understand this. We have to bring up our level to match the electronics level of the bikes today. The caliber of the, yeah. of the equipment, the technology that's available now in motorcycling to make it ultimately safer, it is. but also the performance of these machines, it's, it's mind-blowing. Like The performance of the machine far exceeds the skill of the majority of riders out there. Hence why a lot of the safety equipment that are on these bikes from launch, you know, from traction control, things that actually help keep you in check yeah. because the bikes have advanced so far. I know lots of times I've been on the track and look down and that little traction light's going off. You're like, hmm, that wasn't there. What would be happening right now if I was, cause I'm, cause clearly not being as smooth as I need to be or, you know, treating that the physics of what's happening right now with the respect that I, that I should, <laughs> but, true. but, but that computer's covering my butt a little bit. <laughs> but you, if you understand the technology, especially like ABS braking and ABS pro and all this stuff, it becomes, once you understand it and, and work to the point where you feel it, it becomes a true ally for you, the motorcyclist. And it's, it's, it's a definite advantage for us to keep riding. And I think that's what the manufacturers doing. Look at all the cars that are made today with anti-collision and mm-hmm. like the, the cars themselves have a self-preservation mode. You know? <laughs> they, they do. Like they tell you <laughs> they the brake, they, they put on the brakes even more and it, it makes us all safer. It keeps us out of the hospital, and that's that's where motorcycles going. Motorcycles going to go into maybe less of a clutch operation and more like paddle shifting. And you're seeing that happen on a lot of like oh. I know Honda's got they've been doing that DCT for a while. It kind of went out, and now it's starting to come back a little bit more. And I see a lot of it, obviously, in the work that we do. We work a lot with with motorcycle industry, and specifically with Honda. And the shift I've seen in the last maybe ten years, and I know you you touched on this last time we chatted, was just new riders female riders, different people coming into the sport that are looking for it to be safer. Mm-hmm. They're looking to mitigate risk, but they want that experience. So yeah. from your viewpoint, you said something to me, about just the statistics of, you know, years ago, the amount of female, female women that would come and take Very your course versus, now, versus yeah. now. So what have you seen even the last five years or 10 oh, years? It's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> What's been lacking is I think the manufacturer's realization that there's a lot more ladies that want to get into this sport. And it's not about having a pink jacket or a pink helmet. Some girls are like, really? Like, can I just have something that fits properly? That's the <laughs> well biggest said, thing. Yeah. And you got to have proper equipment. Like you see, like even Climo build a lady suit and a guy suit different. Like we'll have chest protection, all this stuff as a guy and the ladies, uh, they skimped out a little bit. I'm like, well, what's this all about? Like we're all humans. We need to be protected a certain way. So if they could just get rid of that and go, look, we, we have to address this. And I think in Europe, it's probably not an issue because right. there's a lot more ladies riding, but it's such a small market share here in especially Canada that, you know, distributors are like, oh, well, you don't want to bring in that much. But if they actually did, like when we traveled down to Arizona, went in some of the bike shops, there was actual fit, like, like jackets and, 
and that would fit, especially my wife, she's very small, and she's like, this fits me. But you couldn't find that up in Canada. My wife has expressed the same challenges, yeah. like having to go to one store in town that happened to carry it, and you know now they don't carry that anymore, and being very frustrated it's to get proper Kevlar jeans or like anything like that. It's, you still want to be fashionable and safe, and you yeah. still want, you know, as we I, we all do, want to. But when it's not designed for you. That, that's a really interesting feedback. So it, it's not; it still hasn't caught up with itself. Is it what it hasn't. Yeah, and yeah, that's I think interesting perspective. You see a lot of manufacturers now coming out with the, the 300 cc motorcycles again and smaller ones, yes. and and that is really good to see because the bikes that are made today for the entrance of the sport, their their prices is, is a good entry level. They hold their value, mm-hmm. and it's it's a quick transition. And this is what I love about teaching now, as opposed to maybe 10, 15 years ago where we had the eight maneuver skill test and that was that was a hard one for building confidence because when we started on you know someone doing a straight line slow ride you know that was challenging enough then they had to do a circle if they couldn't do a circle then we had to we'd only had time we had to go do a serpentine they're like well why am i doing a serpentine i haven't done the circle yet if i can't pass the circle i'm like you could see that but now it's it's gone to you know the the format that it used to be where someone would you know drive behind you in a car give you a little earbud and tell you where to go um there's no real challenges on braking or push steering. I think that's up to the schools to that the student leaves with the the understanding. This is what you need to practice, because you know that that it's going to happen. It's not if; it's when it's going to happen. So it's up to you to go find that parking lot. Take five minutes. Thing take a one thing to practice and practice that. It's what we call the art of deep practicing, and that's uh, from another kind of person in my life, um, Gary Semix, that. Uh, kind of put me onto that deep level of practicing. Rather than practicing everything, just take five minutes and work on one thing. Be good at that one thing and then go ride. Enjoy what it is. You know, professionals, you know, spend more time practicing than actual, you know, competing, let's say. And recreation, well, we spend more time doing recreational stuff than practicing, but we have to find that small little practice, whether it's at the beginning or middle end of the ride, to focus in on some of the things you learned. And that's one thing, if you've never taken a course, you don't really know what to practice. You, you don't. You don't. You don't appreciate whatever. it. Yeah. I remember the first time I went to Keith Code and um, a business partner who you know, Chad, very well. Mm-hmm. And he'd been riding. He literally, I think, he has the best story. His first car was a motorcycle. His parents gave him, you know, a certain amount of money to go buy a car, and he came back with a 500 Ninja. I think nice. at the time, and rode it snow, sleet, whatever. And I remember he went out. We did our first track day, and we're back at the hotel, and we're chatting. And he's like, "Wow, like I, he'd been riding since he was 16, and you know, had some mishaps, and rode hard, and like you know, the 18 year old." you know, sport bike rider. And he's like, I had no clue what I was doing. Like the look on his face of the sheer, just like overwhelming of what he'd learned that day. But then the realization is because he didn't start off on a platform and not letting anything out of the bag. I think we've all been through that. But you know that he's like, wow, like he goes, I'm, I'm lucky I survived because I thought I knew, you know, just cornering cornering. And then you go to meet Keith and then they breaks the corner down to 27 parts and, yeah. you, and you build one skill at a time. Pro and it was interesting to watch the look on his face. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's great. But like, and that's a good example that school, they force you to learn one thing. We're going out on the track. This is what we're learning. This is the sign for it. We're going to follow you around the track. But his realization, I think exactly to your point, like, you know, I survived, but I didn't know what I didn't even know. Yeah. And the, the importance of being educated from somebody who's got those skills and can convey you to them in a meaningful way. It's, it's, and something like motorcycling, because the risks are real. The consequences of not knowing how to emergency brake or not deal with a, a sharp corner, unfortunately, it is, it is dangerous. We can't deny that. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I couldn't agree more. Like when I showed up at Freddie Spencer School, you know, I already had trophies. I already did whatever I had. And I get out there and I'm like, by far the worst 
person out there and I'm like that is a humbling oh, experience what is going is on here like I don't even know how to ride then seeing my <laughs> videos I'm like I'm not even in camera like what am I doing I'm just going from one side of the track to the other with no understanding and then it, it started to get better and I, I think I started realizing not only how a school should be run but I owe it to our students to try to maximize my effort in learning to realize that you know we're all students and it was it was that humbling feeling that I got that realized that you know what I, I need to I need to go and do more training and you know depending on the cost and whatever we, we can put together we try to go as much as we can uh, a little less than years past just because the you know the higher dollar amount in the U.S. and stuff like it, that it can but be challenging because a lot of the, there's some great courses in the U.S. Oh and that, 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 that 30 yeah. cent you know, cut on a dollar stuff. It can, it, it all adds up, but it's so worthwhile to go from seeing the instructors, not only, yeah, they become better coaches and they, because they're a coach from a a high standpoint type thing, but it's, it's about seeing them ride better and knowing that they're going to be safer out there and and getting that feeling that I got. And that was, that was so important. And um, that's why we got to continue trying to be the best students we can because it makes us better coaches because then we like a, we talked on before we we understand everybody's has that limited capability sometimes of learning but you never know what type of learner so we have to understand and try and teach from different angles to to try and let everybody absorb this this water this spaghetti <laughs> the, the thrown against hose. the wall thing for so sure how many, so how many instructors do you have now at the, at the school well, we, we try and concentrate on, on three to four full-timers. Okay. Um, we have a couple of part-timers that come in and out that have full-time jobs that come in, you know, we uh, take a weekend and they come in or help us out with the refreshers. And we've got private coaching and stuff we're going to be doing now. And we're going to start oh, something fantastic. just called Intro to Riding, which is just two and a half hours on like a Friday or Saturday night. Just come out and see, come out with a friend, two, two and together with an instructor and just, is this for you? Because it's not meant for everybody. I know some people can't chew gum and walk and maybe riding's not the best thing for them. But, you know, with our coaching style, we're, we're seeing less and less people give up and more people successfully stay and realize, yeah, they've, they've got some work to do. Some people come back and take another course and uh, all of a sudden they're even better the second time through because they're absorbing a little bit more. But um, we, we we try to really help as many people as we can. But there's there's one big issue that that's hard for me is is the balance is when people show up and they have no balance. Like we've had people show up that never ridden a pedal bike before. Oh, wow. And that's we've done some videos to go, look, this is what you need to practice. Because if, if we push it downhill and you can't balance a motorcycle, I've, I have not found a way in 28 years to teach someone how to balance. Um, That's interesting is easy, to, to not have ridden a bicycle. And then like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm slight kudos to them for just having the, 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 the gall to go, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to go and give this a try. But I love, I think what you said, and I think it's motorcycling is one of those challenges. Like it's, you, Sometimes there's there's a test ride, or but it, you couldn't te- you can't really test drive a motorcycle. It's pretty challenging. It's true. If you don't, if you've never been on one or don't have a family member to even take you for a ride, it's hard to even get out there. So I love the intro to ride and a couple hours of letting people just have a taste and let them experience. It. I think that's really valuable. Yeah, and it just starts out here. Ride a pedal bike for a little bit. Yeah, that's totally. Yeah, that's let's awesome. Push it down the hill, and then let's let's do the first part of our course and see how you feel. Then you're in a, a real small environment because uh, some people are are really worried about what other people are thinking. But I got to tell you that I might remember your name, but any other student won't remember yours for the most part. They're so focused they're on their focused own experience. on their own thing, for sure. And it's, it's hard not. It's like being in a gym. Everybody, no, just, you just focus in on yourself. 
and the group will join. You know what I mean? It's it's one of those things. You just have to really focus on this is something I'm trying to do. You know, people have to have that urge to be there. There's got to be that seed inside. Like Michelangelo, you know, I, I think said one time, you know, well, the art's inside. I just chipped away the material. And that's the same thing. But if, if someone is, is forced into the sport by someone and they don't really have an interest in doing interest in, it's very hard to to get that material to expose what's really underneath. And it's it's a frustrating talk. You know, it's I call it my basketball talk. You know, I'm no good at basketball. I don't play basketball. And um <laughs> I, I've had to that, have that. That's, that's got to be challenging because for, you're not doing anyone any. You're doing a disservice by not being honest with people. Yeah, and it's no it, question because at a the point end of the day, they're I've, not going to be safe on the road. It's true, and um, I think we've had some problems out there, and, and I have to blame myself for that person getting into that issue where there, you know, there was a tip over or something because I saw it, but I didn't say anything, and now I'm at a point that you know what. I don't think this is going to go the way we need to be planned. So maybe we should walk away. And it, it's no offense. It's it's really, yep. I'm just trying to step in as a little bit of a parent going, you know what, this might not be for you right now, but it's going to take a little investment for you to get here. You know, I started riding when I was three, you know, but, you know, my, my dad just put me on a bike and it was an open field and set me on my way he knew once the bike gets going it should hold itself you're, up. you're a little 50 cc and yeah, yeah i can exactly. picture i can picture and, it yeah, absolutely going until it ran out of gas and that's where i learned where the fuel tap was but i wasn't strong enough to turn the fuel tap so he had to come and show me. <laughs> so that's one of our first lessons is fuel tap <laughs> yeah I, I ran out well let's look at the right yeah. yeah exactly no and in motorcycling also you know versus you know cars today they're you open the hood you purposely can't see anything it's, it's kind of a sealed environment they don't want you messing around where motorcycling and i know it's it's changing because of the quality of of the mechanics of the of the but there does require a little bit of awareness of how things work yeah there, there is a, a mechanical ability you have to have a little bit motor skills At least so you can be can connected absolutely connected yeah, and, to it and some people you know they go through the course and we get to a point especially on the third last everybody's really um stressing a little bit about going out in the road for the first time and you can just you can feel that but the, the way we teach we have a lot of one-on-one time with people that i can say you know what you're worrying about tomorrow don't worry about tomorrow why don't we just worry about a good upshift? Why don't we do that? And once you get that, and sometimes you take the pressure off, and all of a sudden it, they start getting better. Or, you know, they don't succeed in. Maybe the the next day is like, you know what, come back and take it again or come back for a couple of days. You know, you've gone this far. If you're if you're really stressed about road, you know what, we're not here to force you on the road. If if, if you're here on this day, I believe you can do it. Uh, even if you don't believe yourself, because it's going to be a safe environment to do this. But there's also times you have to kind of walk away, regroup, and come back. And it's it's like I said, it's it's nothing personal. It's just it's a professional courtesy to go. Hey, you know what? You know, it gets maybe you just need a little bit more time. Well, I, to me, it it really positions. It lets people understand kind of what you've built as a school and what you've built as an organization. And sometimes in environments like training environments, they take your money and push you through and push you out, out the other side. Yeah. But uh, your commitment to the sport of being the commitment to people to actually create a self-writing environment and a safe culture and do the best thing for them really behooves you to actually have those hard conversations, which I can imagine those are challenging. They, they are. It's, it's really challenging because a lot of people, you know, they, they pay the money and they want the product. And this, this is like university. If, if, if you can't com- complete the first part of a university program, I don't think you're coming back for the second. Right. You know, it just doesn't work like that. And this is very much a, a service that we have, that we have four parts and we want to see not people perfect anything, but learn how to practice perfectly. As can practice perfect. Sure. Yeah. yeah. 
and uh, and that's that's something that we're always trying to get better at as as coaches. Uh, but we're in that environment that it it might not always go one hundred percent. But we uh, we're sure looking for the best way to get everybody through. But you know, we we were very successful last year. We only had maybe five or six people that had that. How many people time. take your course? Like how many people would have gone through last year? Well, last year I think it was up into the seven hundred, six to seven hundred category. You know, I think we do a maximum every year. Like we have space for about eight, eight hundred and fifty people. And okay. back in two thousand six, two thousand seven, that's kind of what we were doing until the little drop in economy. Because yep. it is a recreational sport. So we've especially we've especially in Canada. This is oh, not yeah, a commuting. Absolutely. This is not a commuter vehicle. You know, you're four four to six months of the year in Western Canada at at the at the most. You know, yeah. again, I shouldn't say that. We, you, we did you ride here today? Actually, I, did you, I didn't, didn't. Did you ride get the GS? out and write it down uh, here? <laughs> uh, I, I would like to for sure, but had a little operation on the back neck there. So Okay, so you're taking it. Because if you got a motorcycle outside, we're taking photos. Yeah, yeah, we're taking photos sure. at the end. So talking a little bit about, and I really appreciate sharing the philosophy, and I think that this this, this podcast is turning into, I think, for anyone thinking about getting into riding, horror is riding, and maybe hasn't brushed up on their skills, I think this will be a good inspiration. But I also want us to understand a little bit about kind of the arc of the, the, the challenges. So You've been building this business. Like, what is you know? Is it has it been easy? No problem all the way. Has there been some challenges in the growth of, of the of the journey to becoming motorcycle Yoda in uh, Western Canada? Well, I, I appreciate the Star <laughs> Wars thing because that's that's how we start most of our courses with something related to Star Wars. That's for sure. But um, I think it's for myself personally. You know, getting involved with Too Cool in, in two thousand three with Mike and and Lance and you know my division away from. Um, you know, a driving school at that time to be asked to come and help with Too Cool and stuff like that was was amazing. And then in 2006, where Mike had to kind of break away, his um, his partner at the time got a, a real good job with Lululemon in Vancouver, so they moved away, and then, and I brought in a financial partner to help me kind of do it. Okay. And as time goes along, you, you don't realize that sometimes you don't always share the that commitment with that that partner. And we came into a little division a couple of years back. And now for the first time, you know, since, you know, a couple of years now, this is kind of 100% uh, under my reign, essentially. That's awesome. Congratulations. Well, thank you. And it's it, it's been a long time, but it, it allows me, you know, I'm very involved with the wife involved. And she's, of course, she is my partner in this. And That's fantastic. I trust her wholeheartedly and stuff like that. But she has the same passion and vision that, that I have and she keeps me more grounded and she goes, you know, you got to watch overextending yourself. You got to realize that we still have to run it a certain way. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, but I, but <laughs> we all need that anchor me, in yeah, our lives. It, to it's keep, true. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It, it just, it, it just, it, I think it's made me a better coach and a better understanding about the business side of it, but it's, it's still the person. It's still that, that handshake when we meet at the classroom and learning everybody's name and the handshake every night, and, and it's it's about building that team and taking the pictures of the group and having people come back with their own bikes for the Wall of Fame shots. And we have a trailer dedicated to people coming back and having their pictures up. So when we're about to go on the road, I help everybody on with the loser. I mean, learner vest, sorry, Freudian said learner vest <laughs> in front of their peers, when just kind of a joke that we do. And then we have our fun rides and go out on the road, and it's it's part of that 
team building and, and we stop for a coffee usually a good earth and they're always so nice to us there so big thanks for good earth and stuff like that at creekside great family and stuff like that there and then we do our stop 23 seconds if we can and then we head back to the lot and get the highlights and we take our group photos and the group photos are really important we name every group like every team that comes through they come up with their own name or else I come up with something that's usually not the best idea. But, and then, <laughs> it's, it's best so if they, yeah. they come up with their I got <laughs> it's it. True. And it, it's funny uh, of the, some of the names that, that come about. It's great. And it, and we, we bring that to every bike show. So our bike show, and it, it's it's really cool to hear because Rosie, a friend of mine, we taught her a bunch of years ago and she's been in the industry and she is just an amazing chalk artist and all this kind of, I can go on about Rosie for a long time, but she says, you know, I look at other booths and I look at other schools you're the only one that have pictures up of just about everyone of, you ever talk of the people <laughs> yeah and I said well that's that's why we're here we're we're not here at the show to sell a course as per se we're here to see how you're doing what what's your story and sometimes they bring friends to sign up and that's great but seeing people like uh, I had these two guys show up at the show and they I think I taught one in 1993 and 1994, and I called them the X-Men because they bought an EX500 like Chad. Yep. And there was a group of them that always come by, and they had these EXY named in the X-Men. And, uh, and <laughs> That's awesome. And, and that was cool, just seeing that you know they're still alive, which is great, but they still remember some of the core values that I had now. Now the course has evolved to what it is today. Right. And I'm proud to say it's, uh, I think we still have that core value that we've considered. Because even when I worked for a driving school, I still believe that I owned it. Like everything, I always own this. Well, that ownership mentality is, 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 is powerful because yeah, you know, you're, you're not a half measures it. kind of guy. You're yeah. all, you're all in. Mm-hmm. It's true. I just, I just want to do the best we can. And I'm, I'm so looking forward to the start of the season. And when's uh, your first course? When, well, when, when uh, you get to start April 1st, uh, that might nice. be a joke with the, I was guy, <laughs> like it, it, launching anything on April one is risky because people like, do I take it? Do I show up? Is it a joke? What, what's uh, happening? You know, when June comes around, I tell you, I'm, I'm a lot less stressed. Um, okay. mm. I, I get stressed out because of weather. Cause I want, you know, you know, people have booked their schedules and all this kind of stuff. And I know Mother Nature, as my dad always said, always calls the shots. So we, safety is especially a in motorcycling. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you can have. Yeah, but once June comes out, and it's just rain. It doesn't matter anymore. And and for me, another nervous is that that first course. I'm I'm pacing. I'm just I have butterflies in in my stomach because I even want after all this time, that's fantastic. Time that's awesome. I just want everybody to balance because I don't <laughs> want to have that conversation. I want to see. Everybody push off the first time, and I see my instructors give me the thumbs up, and I'm like, okay, this is going to be a good course. Let's go do this. Or else, How many oh, people no, typically we, in a class? Like, what, What's uh, the typical class? What do you shoot for? We'd like to try for 12. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, that's, your we, classes we are really intimate. Spot, yeah, yeah. We 12 with three instructors for the most part. We have one extra spot there for if a, a private student is finished or someone wants to finish off a certain thing as a 13th, but um, it's usually just 12. That's for us. The course works beautifully at that. If it's anything less, well, there's just more repetition. There's right. more time. L- less sure. becomes more personal service. And, yeah. and, you know, but having there's stuff that, that you having need that. to know and nice to know. And we always like to try and start classes at odd times because like the classroom will start at 5.59. Some of the courses will start at 5.23. And they're like, what? What's with those times? You remembered it, didn't you? Yeah, because and you probably showed up on... Yeah, that's a good trick. I've heard that trick make sure before. they have all the toilet paper that they got. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, and, and get ready because it it's going to be a, yeah. gonna be an experience. So any any advice for I'm going to use this as a platform to absolutely promote people to get into motorcycling but any advice for anybody thinking about getting into the sport or mindset like what what would you what would you say to somebody right now who's just been in the motorcycle show they're not sure they're curious where would where would they go what where would they what's what's the next step for them well the, the coolest thing about the way um, the testing is done now and they're changing it now because 
the tragedy in Humboldt, you know, the, the examiner's now going to be all kind of government run. So we're still unclear on how that's going to be. It's still going to be a, a road test. They're going to follow you. It's going to be out of a registry probably. Yep. We'll get more clarification as time goes. But the greatest thing what you can do is just, just think about whatever you are in life. Um, you woke up one morning and let's say you wanted to be a lawyer. You weren't a lawyer at that point. You, you had clarity because, okay, I want to be this. And now the path of education, whether it be through a trade school for a plumber or a welder or, you know, a teacher or whatever, becomes clear. So you, you have that curiosity inside about this is something I'd really like to do or try. Well, that's, that's the seed what we're talking about. If someone's pushing into it and you never really thought about it and you're happy crocheting or whatever you want to do, that's your, the deal. But if, if the curiosity is there... You want to start in an environment conducive to creating confidence, because confidence is going to allow you to ride different machines. Because if you go, if you've been to the bike show or if you've gone to motorcycle shops and you you've never been on a bike before, I suggest don't buy a bike yet, because you're going to buy a bike on the two C's, and that's the color and the curves. And there's not wrong, with it, but <laughs> once you take a course and and you want to try and take a course that has some different styles of bikes because if there's only one style of bike you'll learn how to control the bike but you won't find the bike that makes you the better rider because some people show up and they go you know what my mindset is i want um a cruiser or a sport bike or an off-road often because of what it represents yeah you build that fantasy in your mind of riding that bike but it might not be actually where you're the most comfortable yeah you you might evolve into that but what i see is people will try one and then try another and go, geez, I like this one even better. And then I like this one even better. All of a sudden, they're a better rider because they're in a more comfortable position for themselves, that the controls are better. So now you go to a, a shop after taking a course where you've learned it all. Now it's like comfort and it's about controls. It's still two C's, but it's the C's you didn't know. <laughs> Color and curves. I, I tell you, because if you sit on a bike and it honestly feels too big, it's it's the wrong bike to get first off because not too many people will go out and buy their their dream car. No one's going to go out and buy a 458 Italia Ferrari for their first car, an Nissan GTR, whatever it is. They're going to get that. Typically, typically yeah, not. Typically, t- typically not. not. But people can go out with, with the price of bikes and buy their dream bike right away. And The barrier to entry from a cost perspective is incredibly low. Absolutely. For what you can buy in terms of quality and caliber of machine, yeah. you, you can overbuy pretty easy. It is, and now there's there's nothing wrong with overbuying because you're getting some great technology. But it's it's the sense and the feeling you get when you first sit on it, and if it feels too heavy, that's not the one because that's the distraction that's going to pull you away from being safe. And that's why we like to it's start take you out of the on, moment that you need to be in. And that's, that's good advice. Mm. And that's why we 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 don't have classes full of ladies. We we could, but we might not have all. The, the proper bikes. So that's why we're like, okay, well, let's, let's say let's five ladies to maybe seven guys because we, with our bike structure, let's, let's try that this year because we, we brought on a couple other different bikes to help out that first. You brought in some more smaller, days. some, yeah. some bikes that are a little bit like, let's be honest, less intimidating. To, it, to it's true. And it's, it's something I just didn't do on a whim. I, I tried a little test about four years ago with bringing in a little smaller bike with a better seating position than just a small bike. Right. With the, Yes, it's challenging because if if I feel challenged on the bike, and I know a little bit about motorcycles, <laughs> how is this for the person just getting off for the first time? It's 100%. not just about motor and clutch; it's about how is this going to transition them to a different bike? And we've seen a huge jump in the confidence because they know you know what 
I got this bike. Get on another bike. Oh, that's it. And away they go. And in the confidence smiles, is so important oh, in, my motor- in motorcycling. And I see people come back with the bikes that they get. I'm like, that is awesome. And then they they move through different styles of bikes so quickly. Yes. Uh, we had one lady come on. This is years ago, and she's like, oh, I'm not going to get anything better, bigger than the 300. By the end of the course, I think she bought a 750. And then all of a sudden, she shows up like about three months after with like a 1300 cc. The next year, 1800 cc. I'm like, what's this all? She goes, they feel small because I'm, com- got, I'm comfortable. Yeah, I'm comfortable on it. And I took your advice, and I just got on the bike. It felt good and i just grew from there and i'm like that's what it's all about because the bikes can resell for really good it's, you're not losing a ton of money that you can off of cars and stuff like that they hold a value especially when you hold them upright we keep you to teach more upright or, yeah, or get some frame yeah, sliders yeah, yeah, yeah. or all that stuff protect your bike protect yourself bikes don't fall over well yeah and it's it's such a gratifying experience seeing these people show up on the wall of fame that start with one picture and have another picture another picture i'm like this is just. Well, I was. Awesome. At, I came to the show this year, and we we touched base, and the vibe around your booth, and and also I watched like exactly what you said. People finding themselves on the wall. My wife went, okay, what year was it? Where am I? And then to, like the smiles and how like she went back to it. Like, you, and we've rode you know probably fifty thousand kilometers or nice since then. But up to that point, she I think she'd been on a motorcycle twice. But as soon as she went to your booth, she went right to her photo. There was a family environment there. It was great. You really have created something that I think again you should be incredibly proud of. And the impact it's had on people positively is 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 fantastic. So, isn't it cool to know that one time out of the year you can come to the bike show and find yourself? Now, there's the grounding <laughs> right there. Right, I found myself. That's, That's fantastic. Right so, what's the best way to get? I want to give you. I'm going to do a plug here because I think if anyone's wow. even thinking about, what's the best way to get hold of you? Well, just um, you know, you can go on to the website, Too Cool Motorcycle School. You know, we're doing a little website update and stuff because there's we had too much on the website, so we're just kind of. Just make it simple. And my wife was working hard on all the all that kind of stuff. And she just does such an amazing job. But you can go on the website. Uh, I think there's we don't we don't really book online. Okay, because, someone's got to give you a call. Uh, yeah, you're going to do a form online and stuff, and then there's going to be some connection because you, you just can't do it online. It, it it's too personal. Like, you know, scheduling and stuff like that. So we're, there definitely is going to be interaction for sure with okay. yourself and, and Lanchi and stuff like that, because it's, it has to be, it's not just a, a book and a pen and a pencil, which I used to think it is. It's okay. Here's what you can do online. People are used to get on their mobile device and put in their information. That's generic, you know, for the yep. transportation Absolutely. part and stuff. And then there's going to be that connection. Okay. Here's your course. And you know, the open line of communication through email and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, yeah, you can call at two Oh two zero zero nine nine, but go to the website you know, there's some, um, you got the email and, you know, learn to ride. It's all on there and stuff like that. Perfect. Just Google too cool. I, I, I don't pay for ads. You're going to see other people pop up ahead of us. That's fine. If you got to pay to be ahead of us, that's fine. You know, it's, 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 it's <laughs> well money. said. Well, well said. We'll be on there somewhere. Yeah. Right? No, I you know. Yeah. Do your investigation. Like, l- look at all of it. And, you know, our reviews are very important. It's not about having all the perfect reviews. You know, we learn a lot from people giving us a review on what we did, uh, what we did good and what we can improve upon. Uh, I'd like to say we're we're a hundred percent. Well, no one's going to be a hundred percent. There's always going to always, be those always learning, and, always learning. But that's that's for us to realize like what could we have done better, and and that's what we've done through videos and trying, and especially Lanchi taking the time to really prepare people for what's expected of them because her herself went through in 2013, and she remembers the push, and she got the talk about if you can't bounce this bike, you're going home, and. 
like this is for your own safety and she sucked it up and and did wonderful the whole course that's awesome and, but that's she remembered that going you know that's i gotta i gotta do something i want to do this and that's what you need and like i've been pushed at the the track in the schools yes as i, as I have as well than, yeah and like, it's humbling it's humbling every time like the yeah, Yamaha champion school he sat me down he says you know there's a certain level we need you to be at and this is where i want you to be so let's work on this. And you've got potential, but you're not there yet. And I'm like, you know what? That, that to me is now a big drive that, you know, from getting in shape better to go out there and, and understanding this, I uh, understand the verbiage, I understand all the philosophy. Now I got to put it, uh, I've got a big challenge coming up. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that myself. So anybody doing this, yeah, it's going to be a challenge, but we're going to help you prepare for it. But you got to prepare for it. If you come unprepared, you're not going to reap the benefits of our short time together. So it's the onus says, you want to do this? Prove to us you want to do this. Show us balance, and we'll look after everything else. That's fantastic. But it starts with you. Put your name down. Get, in, get involved. Seek some sort of training. If it's not with us, that's fine. Just seek some sort of training. That's, I, could, I could not agree with you more as far as being engaged. You know, one, of my, one of my secret happiness, find things that are fully immersive. Find mm-hmm. things that are engaged that require you to participate at a very active level, but that show that ability to to accomplish something, you know, to, to be able to do something you weren't able to do before. That is so powerful, and I think it's it's It takes critical. a sacrifice, Tyler. It means Agreed. I'm going to take four days and dedicate myself. Whether you have to take vacation, you got to think about what's best in your life. It's a weekend, weeknight, or weekday. But I tell you, the weeknight course is one of the toughest courses to take if you have to teach you know, work in the daytime because it really messes with your system. The weekends are really good. We split the weekends up. We don't do nine hours a day anymore. That was a disservice. So we split up two, four and a half. So if you're a morning person, come in the morning. If you're afternoon, come in the afternoon. If you're late at night, I'm not there. I'm probably at home with my kids. You can just ride around by yourself. Just <laughs> but, and then we got the daytime course, which, you know, you get to go for a ride with me. And you get to experience what it's like to, to push the bike over and scratch things on the ground in, in a safe environment. And I got it, that it, idea I think from, we just said in a safe environment. Yeah, Being absolutely. prepared for what can happen. So. You just have to make the commitment that when you're going to be there, you be there. Because you know what? I'm going to be there an hour and a half ahead of time. And we need you there because we want to immerse you in this as much as we can. You give that dedication, and I guarantee our team will give you what you need. And we'll, we'll go to the ends of the earth. And the only people I can't help are the people don't don't come back. You come back and show up and show incentive. And, and understand you're going to be tough on yourself. But always, when you, whenever you're training, I had to learn this. Find something that you're doing well. And something you can improve upon, and that—that's all training. It's is. easy to forget about the first one. Absolutely, fo- it's really easy to be hypercritical and hyper focused on the negative. And I think what—and motorcycling is such a good metaphor for life in, yeah, in general. Absolutely, find something to be able to, to celebrate, but find something where you can improve. I think that's really tired of the reward is this, man. And I say this in every class, and the people at the end of it, they get it. Motorcycling recharges your smile. What life sometimes takes away when you put on that helmet. Nothing else matters. You go for a ride. It could be with friends, family, whatever. You stop and you're like, that's what I'm doing this for. That's why I go to work so I can afford the gas and the insurance to do this and go to Bray Creek and go to you know, Millerville or whatever, go to Moto Burrito and go see a little Paul or <laughs> whatever the case yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. And Paul, that's with. what it is. And um, it's for those people that come back from the road ride and they're just smiling. That's the people that get it. Trevor, I'm going to stop on that because that is about... Uh, I w- let's go dig out our bikes and let's go for a ride. If I could put on my helmet right now, I would. <laughs> that would be fantastic. Trevor, thank you so much for coming in. It was absolutely right, an honor you. to talk to you and best of luck. We'll chat soon. Uh, thanks so much. And thanks again for everything you've done. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Yeah.